this morning. This text is going to focus on verse 47 of Luke 7. There Jesus is speaking to Simon. Therefore I tell you, her sins which are many are forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little loves little. Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, do you love the Lord? If you had to measure that, would you say that you loved the Lord a little or a lot? How does your love for the Lord show in your life? Are you devoted to God? Do you seek a close relationship with Him? Does it show in that you are willing to hear from God by reading your Bible and to talk to God in prayer? Does your love for the Lord show in how you live a holy life according to His commands? Does your love for God show in how you love your neighbor? Sometimes we think that we're doing a pretty good job of loving God, but we are often proud and our hearts are deceitful. Like Simon, we're not always in touch with reality. Simon was a Pharisee. The Pharisees were well known for legalistic righteousness. They did their best to live their lives in strict conformity with God's law. But the result was that they did not think they needed God's grace and love. And that in their pride, they tended to look down on their neighbor. In, our li- in their lives, they did not really show forth love for God or their neighbor. And beloved, there's times when we can be just like that. So this morning in preparation for our celebration of the Lord's Supper, I preach to you God's word under the following theme. It's only if we truly know God's great love for us that we will love him and our neighbor. Our reading from Luke 7 presents us with two people. Simon and an unnamed woman. They could not be more different. He was looked up to and she was looked down on. He was a church leader. She was a streetwalker. He made his living promoting standards. She made her living breaking them. He was hosting a party. She was crashing it. If you had asked the residents of Capernaum to point out the more pious of the two, they would have chosen Simon the Pharisee. And outwardly that may have been true. But inwardly Simon was not the one who pleased God. Simon had invited Jesus to come and eat with him. Jesus was a recognized teacher, and it appeared that Simon and some of the other leaders wanted to have some religious discussions with him. When Luke tells us that Jesus took his place at table, the Greek literally says that he reclined at table. At banquet feasts, it was common for food to be placed on a long, low table in the center of the room. Guests reclined on 
low couches, leaning on their left elbow with their feet turned away from the table. It was because in that culture, feet were considered to be unclean. It's one other feature of banquet feasts that we need to know. In the Middle East, it was common for doors to be left open and for the uninvited to wander in. They might not get a place at the table, but they would be allowed to listen to the discussions that went on. Our text tells us about how a woman of the city learned that Jesus was attending a banquet at Simon's place. It identifies her as a sinner. Most likely she was a prostitute. She brought a flask of perfume and standing behind Jesus, she wet his feet with her tears, dried them with her hair. She kissed his feet and anointed his feet with this scented ointment. Our text tells us about Simon's reaction to what this woman did. His response was one of anger and of disgust. Simon looked down his long nose at this woman, judging her to be a sinner. In the process, he also makes a judgment about Jesus. Our text tells us about what went on in Simon's mind. He said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him. Well, Jesus was indeed a prophet. He was fully aware not just of who this woman was, but also of the thoughts of Simon's mind. One of the lessons Simon would have learned that day was, don't think any thoughts that you don't want Jesus to hear. Jesus responded to Simon by telling a parable about two debtors. A certain money lender had lent the equivalent of about two months' wages to one man and of almost two years' wages to another. When those who had borrowed the money could not pay, the money lender forgave them the debts that they owed. Jesus asked Simon, Now which of them will love him more? He responded, The one, I suppose, for whom he canceled the larger debt. Jesus told Simon, you have answered correctly. Then Jesus applied his teaching to the current situation. Simon may have invited Jesus to a banquet at his home, but he certainly did not treat him as an honored guest. In the Middle East, when you invited someone to your home for a feast, it was customary to greet them with a kiss. Because the roads were dusty, it was common to have a servant come and wash your feet's your guests' feet. And because of the hot climate, it was also normal to pour some scented oil on a guest's head to refresh them. But Simon had done none of these things. He had not shown Jesus any of the normal courtesies. Although he had invited Jesus to his home, he treated him like an unwanted uncle. If we were to put this in modern terms, no one opened the door for Jesus or took his coat, or shook his hand. Simon did nothing to make Jesus feel welcome. His lack of common courtesy was extremely rude. It was disrespectful to Jesus. So why did Simon act in that way? Because he had not experienced the grace and love of God in Jesus Christ. In fact, as a Pharisee, Simon was philosophically opposed to what Jesus had to offer. 
Simon thought he could earn his own way into heaven by doing good works. Because he didn't see himself as a sinful person, he had no use for what Jesus offered. He saw himself as being self-sufficient. He truly did not acknowledge his sins or see himself as someone who owed God a debt for his wrongdoing. The woman who came into Simon's house did everything Simon failed to do. Although she had no invitation to the party, she came anyway. She knew that showing up at a Pharisee's house would open her up to scorn and ridicule. But people's opinions did not stop her. She came for Jesus to show forth her love for him. Though Simon had provided no water to wash Jesus' feet, she wet his feet with her tears. Though Simon had provided no towel to dry his feet, she used her hair. Though Simon did not greet Jesus with a kiss, this woman did not cease to kiss his feet. Though Simon had not anointed Jesus' head with oil, she poured fragrant oil on his feet. So why did this woman show forth such love for Jesus? It's because she had experienced God's love in him. We don't know when she received it. We are not told about how she heard about it. Did she overhear Jesus' words, Your Father is merciful? Was she nearby when Jesus had compassion on the widow of Nain and raised her son from the dead? Did someone tell her about how Jesus touched lepers and how he turned tax collectors into disciples? We don't really know. But we know that she came to Jesus thirsty. Thirsty from guilt. Thirsty from regret. Thirsty from countless nights of making love and finding none. In Jesus, this woman found what she was looking for. She drank deeply from God's grace in Jesus Christ. She experienced true love, perhaps for the first time in her life. And it changed her from the inside out. Being a recipient of God's love in Christ, she cannot help but responding by showing forth her love in ministering to Jesus. Our text teaches us a basic principle about love. Jesus, speaking to Simon, said this about the woman who wet his feet with her tears, dried them with her hair, repeatedly kissed them, and anointed them with ointment. He said, Therefore I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little loves little. In other words, you cannot give what you have never received. If you have never experienced God's love in Christ, how are you supposed to love God or others? Oh, we try. We know that the Bible calls us to love God with all our heart and our neighbor as ourselves. We want to love in that kind of way. When we face troubles in our relationships, we resolve to try harder, to do better. When someone has wronged us, we can be determined to forgive them and to move forward 
positively in our relationship. But beloved, you cannot force love. Sheer guts and willpower will not enable you to truly love from the heart. You're missing a step. In 1 John 4, the Apostle John, known as the Apostle of Love, wrote the following. He tells us that God is love. He writes, In this, the love of God was manifest among us, that God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that He has loved us and sent His Son to be a propitiation for our sins. And then in verse 19, John writes these profound words. We love because He first loved us. The only way that you can love God or your neighbor is by first experiencing His love. You can only give love by first receiving it. This requires two things from us, beloved. The first is that just like the woman in our text, we need to be aware of her many sins and shortcomings. We need to know that without grace, we would be condemned to hell forevermore. In our pride, we have the tendency to look at our lives through the eyes of Simon, the Pharisee. We compare ourselves to others around us and we think we're pretty good people. Unless you know the great debt that your sins have incurred before God, you will never fully experience the love of Christ. And secondly, we need to experience Christ's redeeming work. I think, beloved, many of us understand the gospel message with our heads. We know Jesus died on the cross to pay for all our sins, that through faith in Him we are received into God's favor. But do you experience that truth in your hearts? Do you truly understand the depth of Christ's love for you? How he, how he suffered the shame and the agony of the cross so that you'll never have to suffer the full consequences of your sins? Beloved, it's only if we truly know of God's great love for us that we will love Him and our neighbor. Do you long to be more loving? Begin by accepting your place as a dearly loved child of God. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2 says, Be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us, and gave himself up for us. Do you want to learn to forgive? Then consider how you have been forgiven. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Do you find it hard to put others first? Think about Christ put you first. Though he was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself and gave himself up. For us. You have trouble putting up with cranky relatives or neighbors? Well, God puts up with you when you act that way. 
Luke 6.35 says he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Is it hard for you to be generous? Consider the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, who though he was rich, yet for your sake became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. It's only when we experience God's love in Jesus Christ that our hearts change, that we're enabled to love our neighbor. Simon the Pharisee did not love because he had not experienced God's love. The woman who was a sinner truly loved Jesus because she drank from his love. This morning we are privileged to celebrate the Lord's Supper. Christ has ordained it as a love feast. It's a sacrament that allows us to feast on his great love for us. If we use this sacrament in that manner, it will strengthen us to love God with all our heart and our neighbor as ourselves. Amen.